Let's get started. I'm Joe. I'm Brian, and we are Where's the Rulebook Podcast. We're going to bring you a weekly board game podcast for your lunch break, daily commute, or any other time of the day. For season two, we are changing the format. Instead of focusing on one game and going over the rules to play it, we will have a theme or specific game. We'll discuss our opinions, any cool features, some rulings, and any other thoughts that may come up. And because of popular demand throughout last season, we're going to start ranking the games that we talk about. But we have created a custom scale. We didn't want to do a 1 to 10 or anything. So we have our highest being leave it on the table to the lowest being a hard pass. But we'll go over all five options uh, every week we talk about them. For today's game, we are going to be playing Azul. We're going to embellish our whole way through this as we decorate a castle for the king. Or I should say a palace for him, I believe. Uh, this game is made by Next Move Games and it was released in 2017. It is playable through two to four players and it takes about 30 minutes or so, depending on how many people you have. Yeah, if if you're playing with like two people, this game is real fast. It's pretty quick. Um, however, I feel like when you played it with two people, you did play it pretty incorrectly, which would have sped it up. I don't, I don't know about incorrect, but played it with handicap rules. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. On Board Game Geek, it does say it's best with two, and I would pretty much agree. Two or three players, I would think, is probably the best case. So you're not sitting around. I can see it being pretty good with more. I've only ever played it with two people, but it, with any game, I always find that like three and four is the magic number. One-on-one -on -one games have to be specifically made for one-on-one, -on -one, but I mean, for a two-player experience, it's not bad. Yeah, it does scale down to two players pretty well. I think it scales down better than it scales up. I, I did play with four once or twice when we first got it. Is it just too many people? Just too many people. I mean, you do get there's more options available, but I can see why having like four people would make the game a lot longer. Yeah. The main purpose of this game is essentially it's all about tiles and tile placements. There are a hundred tiles in this game five separate colors with designs yep. and stuff yep uh 20 of each tile and they go in a bag you shuffle them and by shuffle i mean just rumble the bag <laughs> just up just shake it just shake it up and then you uh you have these little discs which are factories and depending on the number of players you have you put them on the board you take four random tiles and you put them on each one and that's the handicap that you got played. When you did it, you've used all nine <laughs> factories when you aren't supposed to use that many with two players. Reading is hard. No. So, yeah, if you're playing with two people, you're supposed to only use five. And, which uh, doesn't really affect it other than nope. you can plan your next move, which probably did make it go quicker. Yeah. Because you had nine things to choose from. The chance that the one other person is going to take the exact same one you're looking at, pretty low. It's a very visual game. It's all about colors and patterns. And the game ends, coincidentally, is when you complete an entire row. Yep. So, because every turn you're taking tiles, everyone's taking tiles until they're all gone off the board. And these little discs, these little factories. And as soon as you complete an entire row by taking the tiles off, putting it on your board, and sliding them over, that's the game. So, with five of those discs, it would have taken, I think, 20 to 30 minutes. <laughs> and so, each turn you are selecting one of those factories that we're talking about that have those four tiles, like Joe said, out of the bag. And you are going to take all the matching tiles from whatever factory you choose, and you get to put them in your, I believe they call it the floor laying area. It's before you actually hang the tile, but you are like lining up the tile. 
and depending on what row, they have either one or up to five tiles that have to be placed of the same color bef before the end when you actually get to place the tile out. Basically, again, it's all about matching colors. Yeah. If you put red, and I'll just say red, <laughs> that's the only tile that's no pattern, I think, other than blue. Yeah, red and blue. I don't. I wonder why red and blue don't have a I pattern. No, it's my only gripe with this game is not that they're not patterned, but that they look like Starbursts. <laughs> the red ones do look a lot like Starbursts. It's not cool, because that's a kryptonite for me. I love Starbursts. <laughs> and when I see this, I'm just like, I could eat this Starburst. Oh. Yeah, they are like the perfect <laughs> Starburst shape. Oh, yeah. I, I guarantee a guy did a package of Starbursts one day and was like playing with them in lines and was like, oh, you know what? I can make this a game. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it started. But essentially, you, you take your roll of Starbursts and you, you put them on your board. You're stuck with that color. Wherever that's at, that that's it. End of the round, you're like, oh, you finished the entire row. You slide the one over, then you put it on the matching tile, and that's it. You can't put red there anymore. Yeah, because there's only each color is only in one row. Yep. Surprisingly, that's the game. Yeah. You do that over and over again. The, the thing that you have to kind of watch is being that some rows only take one, other rows take five before you slide them over at the end of the round is you have to see how many are really out there. You have to kind of judge, like, how many have you seen in the past. There are only 20 of each. Mm -hmm. So that bottom row that takes five of the same color before it's the end of the round starts getting difficult to fill in because that's, you know, a quarter of the tiles. It's very statistics-focused. If you're good with, like, knowing odds, if you're good at blackjack, <laughs> I think you'll be good at this. Yeah, very so different, but also... Just the odds, I guess, is what you're looking at. Yeah, it's just like percentages, any, yeah. how many are left. And also just memory. You have to remember what's been out there. And who has what. Yeah. If you have someone out there who has four of the red tiles in their bottom, and you're looking for red, maybe look for a different color. Yeah. But yeah, so like we said, we you choose a factory, and you're going to put all the matching colors on there. Any of the tiles that don't match, just slide into the center of the board. And that's like the the other option you can choose from. So you start the game with like a one player, it's a first player token that will start in the middle. And so a player at any point can choose. They don't want any of the factories. They want what's in the middle and they get, you know, same thing. They get all the matching colors just like before, but there might be, there's leftovers from each factory. If you're the first one to take it, you do take that first player marker. And this is where the overflow on the game takes place. On the bottom of every board, there's negatives. At any time, if you take a color, like let's say we go back to red, we take red, I have three red, and I need only two. Well, I fill in the two spots, but the last one that's left over goes in the bottom in the negative spot. Yeah, and, and they get worse and worse. Negative one point, not that bad, but negative three yep. starts really affecting. And if you're the first person to take the center, that you take that one player token and you put it in a negative. Yeah, so next round you get to go first. That's what that first player token will show. But you, you will lose a point. But you get an advantage by seeing all the factories first and grabbing it, whatever you want. Because in between rounds, any uncompleted floor laying row doesn't clear off. Nope. So if I have three of the yellow tiles on the bottom and I'm trying to get to that fifth one, as the first player, I can see a, a factory that only has two yellows. I'm not going to lose any points potentially, and I get to fill the hardest row to fill for that round and for any round, really. Yeah. There's definitely some benefit for going first. And 
the same thing could be true for going last, in my opinion, because, yeah, there's some left over, but then you often get the pot. Yeah. So, like, yeah, maybe I'm third in a three-player game, but now you guys have left me five of one color in the center. I'm just going to take that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There is definitely potential of being, you know, getting that all the same. I feel like a, it's a fair game. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no negatives to going first or last. Yeah. Everyone, I think, has the same chance to win. The very first round, the player who goes first is decided by the rule book. Yep. However, personally, I have never been able to use this rule because I have never been there. But it's happened to you. <laughs> yeah. How unfair is this? The last person to visit Portugal goes first. That's awesome. My wife went to Portugal like two months ago. <laughs> so when I played this, I was like, well, I'm never going to go first. Yeah, she <laughs> always will go first for the very first round, at least. But yeah, I mean, that's what we've talked about in the past. Like, I like it, though. It just has to be something. Like, and that's such a good one. So the whole lore of the game is that, you know, the prince from Portugal is, you know, traveling around, seeing his other areas, and he sees this beautiful castle with all this tile work, and he comes back, and he hires us, the players, to decorate his castle with this beautiful tile work. His palace. Yeah. I keep saying castle, because we have talked about Castle of Magic King Ludwig so much lately. Yeah. It's just on my mind. I mean, we can talk about castles. I got it right here. <laughs> no, but I love the lore. I love the going first. It really sells something to me when something has a fun rule. Like, yeah, I'll never get to go first against her unless I make a trip to Portugal. Without her. Without her. And if you do go with her, you have to board the plane first. Second, right? Oh, it's the last it's to visit. It's the last to visit. So, so she I, has to get on the plane and first. then you have to get on. Yep. So I have to be the make sure I'm the last one to leave yeah. Portugal. <laughs> That's what makes it fun. I love it when something has a fun rule. Yeah. It just adds to the charm. Yep. And, I mean, you easily can make up something else because, you know, the group that I played with, none of us have ever been to Portugal. So I think we just said the last person to do tile work. <laughs> and we actually had multiple. We had to decide which date was actually <laughs> the most recent because we've all did tile work in the past. That's amazing. And does everyone start at zero points? I believe so. Everyone starts in zero. There's Everyone a, starts at zero. You don't a get a cube. You get everyone yeah. gets a cube, and you just put it on the zero. Yep. I, I thought that was the case, but I couldn't remember if like first player started at zero and second player starts at one. But no, there's no benefit. Yeah. That's the game. It seems simple, but it's fun. It is fun. I, I relate it very much to Yahtzee. I played this well. Now, listen, <laughs> you're giving me a face, but when I, I feel like everyone can see the face I just made because <laughs> we've all played Yahtzee and I have no idea where you're going with this. All right, so bear with me here. Full I, house. My, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled four reds. <laughs> so I know. Um, when my wife and I camp, Yahtzee is like one of our staples. She loves it. It's one of her favorite games of all time that she grew up with. It's just her party game. When I played this with her, she made that correlation, and I was like, oh, and then I kind of got it. Because this is just like Yahtzee, so focused on filling in blanks that are then used and you can't use them again and getting bonus points depending on how many like tiles you get, she related it because she's incredible at Yahtzee with knowing like statistics and being like, because she's very good at math. Being like, oh, I have this, I have this odds to get this, and then she rolls it, and I'm like, okay, this game's not fun. But <laughs> but I, and she was really good at this game because she beat me. 
we cheated, so it didn't count. Exactly. Asterix. Asterix. She won, but did she really win? Because there's not many games I can re- relate this to. It's pretty unique. Yeah. It's like it's a tile placing type of game, but it's not like any other tile placing game I've ever seen. And it's fun. I mean, you could play this with any age. Uh, I think it's rated eight and up. Eight and up on the box, and I mean that's I yeah. think that's only because you don't you don't you don't want a kid swallowing them. You don't want them eating the board. I or... wouldn't play it with like someone who'd put this in your mouth like me. Yeah. But I'll say I have a friend who's thirty six who's definitely putting those in his mouth. So thank you. <laughs> but as far as the game goes, uh, I like to ask you when you play it: Is there any strategy you have? Like, what do you do in your game? So I feel like I like sticking around the middle of the board. <laughs> so the two, the three, and the four are the, the rows that I focus on the most. I find them the easiest to fill, but then also being able to get them without getting a bunch of negative points. Because I feel like with the one and the five, the five, you obviously have to take at least two factories to get it because there's only four on a factory. And you're going to have negative points because uh, you can take the pot. You can take the pot. The pot but like, have five. The pot's not going to ever have five of the exact same yeah, color. You never know. You uh, cheat like I did. It happens. It's fair. If you cheat, maybe it does work. But like, I feel like that's hard to get in one grab. And the twos, the three, and the fours, you know, are still hard to get in one grab, but are doable without potentially getting negatives. Uh, so sticking in that middle and trying, really just trying to avoid my negatives, I think. How about you? When it when it comes to my strategy, I play it like Yahtzee. I kind of just play with what I got. Uh, if I just happen to have like, oh, look at all these tiles, and this one has three of the yellow tiles, I'll just take the three and put it on the three. And the next round, I'll be like, oh, this one has two, I'll just take the two. I kind of just fill in what I need first, and then I worry about the hard ones later. It's yeah, because there's no downfall of not finishing. Exactly. I mean, other than getting not getting points for them, but even at the end of the game, so like once someone has finished a row, even if I have stuff in my floor laying yeah, spot, don't I don't wrong. get negative for them. And the way the point system works is, and I think that, I don't know if it's smart. I don't know if that's the best way to do it. You get points based on like where you place the tile and what's connecting to it. So if you put the blue down in the second row you get one point yep but if you already had anything above or below it or above blow or left or right of it yeah you get an additional point for, for the ones for everyone it. connecting it yeah and, and it's only the tile that you place yes that round so it's not it doesn't like daisy chain yeah. into but if you happen to make like a plus sign when you put that tile down that's five points yeah you get one two three four five and I feel like focusing on every round, just trying to fill, at least put something in those rows is like, that's what matters. Yeah. Getting extra points, I think, is kind of like very similar to like what I'm trying to avoid negatives, but like the same kind of concept. Trying to get bonus points, yeah. trying not to lose points. I might get negatives, but I'm just trying to get points. Yeah. And Don't then waste the If turn. the negative is only a negative one or negative two and you're getting five because you placed the you made that cross like you mentioned or still positive yeah you still overhead you're doing better than me getting one point <laughs> because i placed one single red in the top by itself but you do get points so if you collect all of the of the similar color so either all yellows all reds or whatever at the end of the game you get 10 points for every color 
that you've completed. Yep. So and if you have five, one in each row, you correct. get 10 bonus points. You also get bonus points for a completed row or column. So it's not as much as all the colors. I actually like that the column... Oh, wait. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Column up and down. <laughs> I like that the column is worth seven points because that helps people not focus on just ending the game. Yep. Because you end the game, but a completed row is only worth two points. And Actually, that, you bring up a really good point. So, like, it gives you that, like, not a push your luck, like, that we will think of, like, with, you know, push your luck type of games, but it does kind of give you some in incentive to not just try to finish the game quickly. You bring up a really, really good point. And I didn't even think about this, but if you play with, like, not com I want to say competitive, but yeah, let's let's say competitive friends, and you can see like, oh Brian, you have more points than me. I'm gonna do this strategy that if you you have one more to go and you could end it, I'm gonna do a strategy where I play this and it gives me a column, which means that I would actually win because I have more points. Yeah, I like that. I like that you could be like, oh man, now I can't end it because he'll win even though I'm the one ending it. Yep, I like that. That's actually really cool. Yeah, so I think that kind of helps balance it. That might be a little next level, but I like that. I like yeah. there's something to it. Well, I mean, I think Azul is kind of meant to be that next level. Like, it's so basic and simple, but also it can be very complex. And there's also, like, five other standalone versions just based on what you like to look at, like the stained glass and stuff. But then they have expansions too for them that give you just different different pieces. Yeah, different patterns. Different patterns and stuff. So I think the game at its core is, you know, almost like an it is an entry level type of game. But it's one of those that I think you can play longer than you can play something like Ticket to Ride, because you just get so bored with just finishing a path. And that's like really the only thing you do in that game. <laughs> Compared to this one, you can go farther and harder and try to do it. What is your... Th so, I don't know if you played it. Did you play the reverse side of the board? No, I did not. Okay. I only played the tile port... Well, the, the colored portion. The one that tells you where each one's supposed to go. Yeah, the other side of the board is completely blank. Yeah, um, so you can put the colors. It's still one color per row, so you can't put two blues. You can and put them anywhere. You can put them anywhere you want. I mean, it's different. I, I don't like know if it. it's meant to be harder or easier. I would, I would say... It's you would say it's easier, but it's it's not. Actually, I think it would be harder. It, it's supposed to be harder, and it is harder. But at the same time, it feels easier by looking at it. <laughs> when you see, like, oh, I can put it wherever I want, that should be easy. But it's like looking at a Sudoku with literally nothing filled out, and you just fill in. As soon as you tie any row to any color, you start getting screwed, being like, okay, that means, like, I can't put stuff here or there. Like, what can I do? Hmm. I've only did the back side once, so I haven't I don't have much experience with it, but there is the option to play on the reverse side of the playmat where there's not it doesn't tell you where the tiles have to go. Instead of making a design that the prince has asked for, you just, you know, freeforming, doing whatever you want. Yeah, I, I saw that the expansion, which is very cheap, has same same playmats, but the the patterns are like mostly blank but they have a couple that yeah. you have to use i think that's really cool i like that a lot it's like that medium level sudoku it has like some yeah. numbers filled out like all the threes are already filled out <laughs> you just do the rest i love sudoku <laughs> let's talk about sudoku <laughs> but i have friends who 
so I I had not needed to buy the stained glass because I don't like super care about the tile like the look of the tile but I have friends who like prefer that the stained glass one over it's got a texture the standard I saw that it has like an imprint of a pattern yeah instead of actually being like a solid piece or a stamp on it the summer pavilion is the one that kind of piqued mine when my mind when we were looking at it is that in the garden one too? yeah the garden it's like you are building it's more of a circle little shape instead of the square and it it looks like the playing mechanism is a little different but still you're drafting from the center and you put them on your play board and stuff so it's very if you know how to play one of these games i'm sure you can play all of them but that one looked kind of cool because it was i like the garden one because they're little hexagons that look like you're building a garden yeah and you're they're all again like you said they all looked like we haven't played them but just by looking at pictures and like the box i was like oh i get it <laughs> They have the same factory layout. All of them did. The same tile layout. You still take the tiles. You just, the way you build it is different. Yeah. So definitely adds, I think, some options. If, you know, if one of your friends potentially has the game, maybe you wanted to pick it up. Also, you would pick up maybe one of the different ones or something instead of buying the exact same one. So when you take from the middle, you take them all, right? That's the color. Oh. Just one color. So still. So and the first player token if it's yes, still there. Yes. You don't take all the tiles. You just take the colors. So there's two red, three blue. You get one to, yellow. You choose, you what choose color. a color. You take all that color and the first player if you're the first one to take it. Yeah. So once the round is you know wrapping up or in the cleanup phase, you look at your you know the stair step on the side of the play mat and you are looking at are any of these rows completed with this all the exact same color and if they are you slide it over to where it has to go only one of them and then i don't think you would ever want to but you also it makes it so you can't put so if you did choose to do two blues in the two on the first round you can't select two blues again in the future right because it's already filled i don't know why you would choose to do that but i feel like i should say it out loud <laughs> you you need blue and i don't yes. want you to take it so i'm gonna just take all the blues and fill up my board with it but you do need a blue in every row so i mean i guess that i mean it could be a situation yeah and How it much? also could just be in the rule book to be like listen don't well, it does say if you can't place it, you can't grab that color for that. Like, so right, if they, the blue is already in my two, I can't put the next round. I can't put blue there again. I can put it anywhere else. I think but. that's just to, to like stop negative playing. Like, hey, I know you need blue. I don't need it, but I'm just going to take it every time. Yeah. This one has three. I'm just going to take all three when I don't even need it. And be like, whatever. <laughs> well, the chance you are going to need blue. Being that the blues in every but that's row. That's the point, I think, is yeah. like you can't take it if you don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't place it, you can't place You can't play it on the floor either. Do you play much defense? And by no. defense, like I see that you're collecting the red tiles for your five. I'm going to try to take I, the red first. I don't. I play this purely solo. But again, I have not played it in a. We haven't played this together, actually. No, we have not played this together. I play this really for fun. This is I played this game just to enjoy it. It's one of those games where I, I guess you could get competitive like with any game. It's just enjoyment. Yeah, I definitely play a little bit of defense, especially when like the fours and the fives. So those bottom two, like hopefully you're not finishing any of those. And because I mean, 
those are the hard ones to fill and so you find Free yourself route. yeah yeah it's not just like you it's not like a one time either you have to do it five times yeah yeah so the shortest game possible is five rounds and that's if someone places one in you know the single five times in a row yep you could finish in five rounds but you do play until one row is finished i haven't kept track but i would assume it's probably like seven ish rounds usually probably i mean i don't think i ever kept a tally but i don't think we ever finished in five maybe we did i can't really it's got to happened yeah like oh i just got a lot of good <laughs> i finished all my tiles it was amazing yeah i mean depending on how many factories you're playing with obviously i mean if there's one blue and then the next round there's one yellow on the tile i'm just gonna take them to fill it especially if i can start daisy chaining points together but again with the top row and the bottom row you're not able to go above or below depending on what row it is so you do get the most points potential points in the third column or third row at the end of the day how would you rate this game I feel as though I really enjoy this game. I do think it's a two to three player game at best. So I feel like it's going to have to have, and for some reason I'm drawing a blank on what all the options even are. That's why I let you go first. <laughs> I know what I want to give it, but I couldn't remember the exact phrasing we did. So I feel like this one really kind of goes for me in between two i feel like the on the shelf must own is a little too high potentially for this game unless you're really playing with two or three players all the time so in between that or in a closet slash the basement being the more of a situational type of game is kind of where i rank it i i would lean towards on the shelf I think you should own this. I think it's safe to say if you're playing with a group of people that you would maybe own Azul and then the stained glass or something. I I don't think those are going to be separate games in my mind. I'm going to say one of those games should be on your shelf, I think. But like just barely on the shelf and two potentially on the basement if you need to move it for storage reasons. How about you? I'm in the same boat. I think now it's kind of skewed, but if you are intimidated by board games and you kind of see like, oh, you like playing Yahtzee, you know, or like those party games or Monopoly, those kinds of fun, younger, more like you see in the mall kind of game. and you were walking by and you saw a bunch of guys playing Gloomhaven and like, I can't get into board games. <laughs> I think this is the, I, I would rather play this than Catan. I think that this is a good, simple, fun game. That's just a step up into this world. It's not like a world. It's not like you're playing like a theme yeah. or a map. You're just doing your own thing and it's fun and you're placing tiles. I like that it's a good family game and it's a good friend game that it has some depth if you want it that being said though it's 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 limited by the number of players so like i have a group of five friends i don't really want to play this with five people 
uh, the game would be very, very long. So I, I, I technically, I, I don't think you're even allowed to play with five people. I think it's only up to four. It is four. So then I can't even play. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in that case, I would say this is definitely a leave it on the shelf. I would say I would say own it. This is a really fun game. I would say own it, but it's not a game you're gonna play every day. Yeah. Or with like a lot of people, obviously you can't. So I, I think it's worth a pickup, and the pricing is very good for it. Yeah, any of the standard games are like forty at most, and then they're on sale for you know thirty, 30 and below. That's a that's a great price. The the, the one expansion I think is on sale for like ten bucks. Yeah, it's ten dollars for more maps. Yeah. Which we didn't even know it existed until we looked it up. Yeah. Now it, I only have, I only knew about all the different like full. Yeah, I seen all the versions, and I thought they were all expansions in the very beginning, and then I realized that they were not. Yeah, so I, I would agree. I think it does. It sits on the shelf. It's a game that you should own. Again, I think it's you should own it with some thought. Make sure you don't have the exact same version as you know the friend you're playing with. But then if you play with four people all the time. You know, maybe this is a let your friend kind of buy it game because it's playable at four. It's not as much fun. And anything more than four, it's just not playable. I, I can see that. So I think it, I guess I'm arguing myself into putting it in the basement or the closet, being that it's situational. It's fun. I, I own it. I'm happy I have it. I enjoy playing it. I can agree with but you. But you have... There's some rules around it. I can agree with you only because you own this game. <laughs> I don't. I'm probably not going to go out and buy it because I'm just going to borrow it from you every time I want to play it. Yeah. So you're th- you ranking it higher than what you... I would, I would rank it higher. Than- Should I own it? Probably. My wife liked it a lot. And I might just take it and keep it. <laughs> you can't keep it. Well, I'll hold on to it until you need it. <laughs> but... Uh, Which is funny, actually. Like, the first time that anyone's ever... So I was just in New Orleans with a bunch of friends. And I texted a few of them before I left because they went a day before me. I said, hey, should I bring any games with me? Like, how much time do we have? What's the hotel situation looking like? And they're like, oh, bring a Zool. And I was like, <laughs> literally the game that Joe has at his house right now. <laughs> I was like, I can't bring it. But we ended up not playing it. Well, they would rate it. Let your friend buy it. Yeah. They actually, so he's the one that really likes the stained glass one. So he, he loves, he, they play it all the time. Um, I mean, it would be between on the shelf and, you know, leave it on the table. I would, I would assume, I've never asked him, but I would assume that's where he would put it. He plays them all the time. And he, I think, even owns the standard Azul and the stained glass. So he has two copies practically. Talking about Yahtzee. Okay. Have you played Yam Slam? Is that a real word? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just threw two words together to see if you would agree with me so I can make fun of you. No, it is a real game. <laughs> we bought it uh, when we were in Mackinac Island uh, two years ago. And since then, we've bought it for a few folks like as like Christmas gifts and stuff. Because it's a pretty cheap, small game. The really cool thing is it's very Yahtzee-like. Okay. Unlike this game, which isn't yahtzee like at all it is but okay Continue. it's you are still playing the same you have five dice you're rolling them you're getting you know two pairs three of a kind full house flush straight but are the straight. dice yams they're not <laughs> i don't know why it's called yam slam okay but it comes in a little tin and there's a travel edition or a, a normal edition 
the cool thing is the tin is a rolling box for it also. And then instead of pieces of paper like you would with Yahtzee, you need to mark like which ones like you need points and stuff. There's poker chips around the outside of the rolling tin. And there's like f- four or five of them for each item. So like for large straight, there's like four or five poker chips. And after all four or five are taken, you no one else can get more any more large straights. And the game, the game, you just keep playing until all the chips are gone. So it's plays just like Yahtzee, but there's like chips and self-contained. So Megan and I, we bring it to the beach often because we can, you know, put it on top of the cooler, roll and play and collect the chips and. Each chips have different value, so a large straight is worth, you know, 50 points compared to two of a kind worth, you know, five or ten or something. So, like, it scales up just like it would, but it's really fun. Okay. Well, I'll have to borrow it. Yeah. It's good for, you know, going somewhere that doesn't have a table. Yeah. But still wanting, you know, to play something. It's cool. I like that the, like you said, the tin itself is like the shaker. Yeah. Instead of having this big box, I just kind <laughs> of... <laughs> yeah, so you just like roll the dice into the little tin. It's all it's a felt tin and everything. And cool. there's not an actual Yahtzee option, which is five of a kind. That's what you know. It's a yam slam. But the thing that happens in yam slam is if you don't get any chips, or if all the chips are already taken, and you have to you still have to select one. You actually take the highest value and you put it off to the side. Like no one gets that one. Hmm. But then when you when you do a yam slam or Yahtzee. You have to take the highest chip that you want. So you could take it from the side, or I believe you can take it from the other player. That's kind of cool. And then you get to go again. So, like, if you get five of a kind, you get the highest points available, and you get another turn. So it's it's, it's fun. It's a good game. It's different. I like it. Being that we're talking about Yahtzee so much, just I figured I'd bring it up. I didn't know if you've ever played it. Well, that's, that's pretty much all I got. I think Azul's a great game, and... I think that everyone, at least one person in your group, should own it, Brian. Now you're the, now you're ranking it even lower. Every time you talk about it, you're going lower and lower. You start with a must own. All right, you know what? Here we go. I'm putting it in between and putting it, leave it in the closet. <laughs> in between what? <laughs> in in between having it on the shelf as a must own and letting your friend buy it, I'm gonna put it in the closet as a situational. Oh, as a straight up situational. Situational. Okay. So I, I'm like half step into the situational I'm and must own right in you're there. going straight in <laughs> situational no one has it buy it if your friend has it play it yeah i yeah i'd agree i mean i think it's, it's like like we've said it's a solid game it's a lot of fun it's simple even while talking throughout this you know recording we were like we we're thinking of different strategies and ways that you could you know play more and how you could interact with other people more so I, I still stick with my, you know, situational, but leaning towards, you know, on the shelf as a must own. But yeah, that's all I have. All right. You can find our page on Instagram at Instagram.com slash where is the rule book or email us at where is the rule book at gmail.com. And don't forget to like or subscribe on however you're listening to us today. Give us any sort of ranking, any words in there. Help us help me out here and comment on how this game is nothing like Yahtzee so I can prove it to Joe or tell us what you had for lunch or dinner. I don't care. Joe doesn't care. We're going to look at them. We're going to laugh. But if you put something in there, it helps us in the rankings so other people find us. 
Uh, and like I mentioned a little bit ago, uh, this episode and all of season two will be sponsored by Lantern Games, a local game store in Traverse City, Michigan. They do have an amazing website. They do ship uh, for lantern.games is their website, which is super cool. It's not a .com. I think it's really cool. It's a .games. Also from their website or if you go into the store, if you use the discount code RULEBOOK, you will receive 10% off, and that includes online purchases or, like I said, in-store purchases. So you can check out their website. You can uh, get a game sent to you or some magic cards or whatever else you might be looking for, and you get to save 10% by using the discount code RULEBOOK. Uh, but I think all of these games that we've talked about, all the games that we're going to talk about, are owned by either Joe or myself or, in many cases, both of us. Uh, so they're not sponsored game reviews or anything. And last but not least, huge shout out to John Ransom for making our theme song. And if you liked our theme song as much as we both do, check out Jack Pine uh, for more music where John is slapping bass for them. Um, and check out their newest album, Embers, on Spotify streaming today. Thanks for playing.